So at 23, one of the things we believe is that God has really made us brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers, not just naturally, but in faith. And so whether you have kids or not today, if whether you're not there or don't have babies yet or you have kids, uh, we believe everyone is a mother in faith. And so we honor you today, all women, because that's uh, who we are. We want to honor you. So it's Mother's Day, which is exciting. How many people got a Mother's Day card already? Anybody get one? Okay. Oh, I'd like to see that, but that was really good, Brian. Um, you know, we had Mother's Day cards, and Rachel got one, and uh, it had, Claire was like, look, it's a snake. It's going into some hole, and we were like, or a cave. And it was like, cool, yeah, that works, I think, for Mother's Day, probably, you know. But I found some uh, pretty good Mother's Day cards I was going to show you, so if you want to look at one of those. Um, Dear Mommy, have Mother's Day. I love you. You, you let me play the computer. I love you so much. You're the best. Let me watch TV. I, I like that one. Wath TV. I like Wath TV better. Mom likes drinking wine. That's pretty normal. That, I think that was uh, Tessa. Um, thank, thank you, Mom, for being wonderful, caring, and not making your meatloaf anymore. And this is, the, this is my favorite. I'm angry at you, and I'm not talking to you today or tomorrow. P.S. All day. P.S.S. I love you. <laughs> Which is like, that is the epitome of motherhood, isn't it? It's like, we can have the greatest day with our kids, and then one thing happens, and it's like, this is the worst day ever. And being a mom is really, is really a thankless job. I mean, there's moments of thinking. And then when you get to be my age, and you look back, and you're like, man, there's not enough words I can say to thank my mom. Like, I don't even know. It's, like, really odd on Mother's Day for me. And if you're watching Mom, hi, I love you. Um, she usually watches because, you know, she's my mom. But, um, but it's really a hard, it's sometimes hard on Mother's Day. It's, like, how can I put into words the impact that a mom has on someone's life? It's, un, it's unbelievable. It's really hard. And so I'm, like, thank you? I love you? I don't know. It's, it's difficult to do. We're going to talk today about uh, Mother's Day and how Mother's Day really relates to, I think, where we're at as a church and what we're going to be doing this summer um, and trying to be together and growing together as a, as a church family. Um, so let's read a couple verses and we'll talk a little bit. It's uh, 1 Corinthians 1, and Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, and Corinth was this, uh, this city and it was very progressive for its time, and, and it's also the church started there and it grew up like crazy, and then it went nuts. And then if you read Corinthians, you're like, why is Paul so harsh on these people? Because they just went crazy. Right? So we talked last week why the church messes up sometimes. Don't worry, it's been happening since the beginning. Okay? So that's how that goes. So this is this, the message that Paul starts saying to the church in Corinth. It says, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and our brother Sotheus, to the church of God in Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus. Sanctified just means that they're, we're being made into Christ's image. We're becoming more and more like Christ. That's the goal. We're trying to be sanctified to be more like him. And we are called to be his holy people. Then this is the terminology that's so um, helpful to where we're going today. It says, together with all those everywhere who call in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, theirs, their Lord and ours, God, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So last week we talked about the church. What is the church? And the church is just people. And the church is just a gathering of God's people together, whether it's in a building or not. We have this building. It's great to be here today. It's nice and cool. Got cookies in the back. Oh, life's good, right? So the word that we really tied uh, to the connection of God's people is this word koinonia. 
And koinonia is a word that really uh, expresses the fellowship of believers, the, the community, the caring, that we're there for each other. There's a sense of family. Uh, like we say, this is our church family. Welcome to our family time together. Um, and koinonia really is the heart of the church, of togetherness. And it should be one of the most attractive things to people who are outside the church. Right? Because they should be, come and be like, wow, you guys say th weird things, and I might understand what you're saying, but there's a real sense of you really truly love each other. In your imperfections and in your brokenness, you still truly are trying to love each other the best we can. That's what koinonia is. And, the, and koinonia is all about a mom's heart, I think. When you think about God, God is not just a father. God in and of itself is not man or woman. Did you know that? That's a little thing you should know. God is not a man or woman. God is humanity. When God breathed life into mankind, he breathed life into Adam, and then from Adam came Eve. And so man and woman are found fully in God, right? God is feminine qualities and masculine qualities. That might be strange for you to hear or understand. We'll talk about that another week, probably. But God really has a motherly side, right? The koinonia, the nurturing, the loving, the caring is more of the mothering side. See, what moms do is they bring people together. When my grandma died, it was really interesting because when grandma was alive, we always gathered together. And then when grandma died, even though grandpa was still there, we didn't really get together as much. That's strange. Because moms are the bringer togetherers. That's the words you should use. Right? My, my mom doesn't even care what we do or where we are on this planet or what we are doing or how nice we're the place we're staying in or not or if we have food or not. Well, she might care if we have food or not. But she really cares mostly is if we are together. Are we together? Even if it's a little dysfunctional, even if there's a little bit of tension, it doesn't matter sometimes because we are together and that's what we want to be, is together. So we can be here, we can be in North Dakota. Ugh, just kidding. But as long as we are together, that's what counts. That's really God's heart. That's why the church is so important to, the, to us as believers is because it's about coming and being together. I was talking to someone this morning. College students, you have finals this week. We're praying for you. Are you praying for them? Pray for college students. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to be gone, but I'm going to come back on Sunday. I'm like, good. Then we'll be able to see each other. We'll be together. That's good. That's what we want to see. We want to be together. And what has, something that happens together is this thing that Paul talks about. It says grace and peace abound when we are together. When we're together in unity. So grace is this undeserved forgiveness and love that we get from a heavenly father and we got from a, from a cross. Un, undeserved grace that we get. And when we come together, there's this grace that happens with us. There's a, there's a sense of camaraderie regardless of maybe the things we agree or disagree on. And, being, and that's how it is with family. Like we, if, whenever your family is together, maybe not yours, but mine's like this, there's sometimes things that we disagree about. Anybody? Just me. Okay, cool. <laughs> You're liars. <laughs> We'll preach about that next Sunday. Lying is a sin. <laughs> right? But what happens when you're together and when you're there for a common purpose, we're there to be together, and that's the goal, is we put kind of those things aside, and we focus on how do we live in unity, how do we live in grace, and this thing happens where peace comes, grace and peace comes and rests together. One of the things we're really excited about doing this summer is that we're going to have our students, our, young, our students with us in service. They're going to help with stuff, they're gonna sing on the worship team and they're gonna greet and they're gonna help in the sound booth so Joel can have a break. Amen. For, thank you, Joel. Yeah. Because we really believe what happened in the, this thing called the 1980s, right? Which was a great decade. Michael Jackson, oh, 80s rock, it's amazing. Um, is that the church decided we should start this thing called youth ministry. 
okay? So in the 1980s, they say, okay, we're gonna have a separate youth ministry, and they're gonna, and maybe in the 70s too, we're gonna create this youth ministry because our kids aren't coming to church. And rather than changing the approach by which they did church, they said, well, let's create this thing so that kids wanna to come to church. And so they did weird things, like they took Happy Meals and they blended them in blenders and drank them. For real, that happened a lot in youth ministry. Mark did it, just talk to him afterwards. Um, <laughs> Or they did, you know, they would eat where they do eating games, they would do re races, they would do silly things, and they created this thing called youth ministry, and it was great because all of a sudden kids wanted to come back to church, and it was this great thing. Oh, the generation, the younger generation is coming back to church. But then over time what happened is that when people would go to youth ministry, it would just be a party. You know, it was light shows, and it was silly videos, and it was dumb skits, and it was all this stuff. But they would accept Jesus, they would encounter Jesus. But then all of a sudden, they would graduate from high school, and then the youth pastor was like, great, you're not my problem anymore. And then they would go to big church. And then they'd get to big church, and they'd be like, well, why am I here? This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't connect at all with what I was experienced the last five years. And then kids' ministry, that's a whole different animal of goodness, right? So I was a youth pastor for seven years, so I love youth ministry. I mean, junior hires are the most fun people on this planet. Oh, my gosh. But what, the downside of what happened there is that after people graduated from high school, 80% of those students left the church. 80% of those students disconnected from the body of Christ. Or they would go find just some college ministry, which is great, which isn't a bad thing. We love college ministry. But they wouldn't connect to the body of Christ because there's something profound that happens when we all connect together. Generations, ages, backgrounds, races, cultures, everything. It's something beautiful that happens when we're together. And so we meant to segregate in a good way. Like we really want kids to come to church. We're going to have these great buildings and we're going to have a basketball court and we're going to have video games. Oh my gosh, not any mature ones, just the, you know, racing games is all we can do. But something happened along the road where it's like, did youth ministry work? Has it accomplished the job of building the body of Christ, the whole of the body of Christ. In so many ways, whenever people accept Christ and come to know him and grow in him, that's a win. But one thing we feel, not that we'll never have youth ministry or have a disconnection with youth, because that's good to do. They'll do their own things at times. But what if for a season we had everyone together? What if we said we believe that we are actually a fairly diverse generational church for being the size we are? And that we could come together just like mom would want, right? Because mom doesn't, isn't like, okay, let's have the kids here, then let's get the grandkids out of here, right? Well, let's have the grandkids in here. Maybe the kids, actually, she might want that. She might want the kids out and the grandkids. That might be real. But, but what is the reason why a mother's heart and God's heart connects is because God and a mom, we just want to be together. And it's mess, and it's fun, and it's chaos. And so that's our heart for this season, that we would have students involved kids involved, kids in worship, kids dancing and handing me my mic. That was pretty cute. Um, because God is about the koinonia, the community of believers, and that we can grow and be together with him. And in Philippians, it says, it says this. It says, therefore, if you have any encouragement in being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, in any tenderness and compassion, let's make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. And that doesn't mean that we're all drones or we all just like groupthink everything, but it means we have our own perspectives and backgrounds, but we come together with one heart and one attitude to love and to follow Jesus together and to spur and help each other of all generations 
So this summer we get to do, youth are gonna, youth are gonna we're gonna do some fun things on Wednesdays. Uh, we're gonna do patio nights again this summer for everyone to come and drink LaCroix. And um, I don't think that has rat poison, does it? I don't think, we'll check. Um, we're gonna do church outside again. We did church outside last year. That was fun. Um, I wanna encourage you to invite people from the church to your house. People of a different generation. I'm gonna invite you to, encourage you to invite a neighbor to your house. Someone from a different generation. Someone that you know, someone you don't know. Because God's heart is happy when people are together. And there's a sense of unity. The next thing, moms are great. Just so you know. Verse 4, it says, I always thank my God for you because of all of his grace given to you in Christ Jesus. For in him you have been enriched in every way with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. So what is happening here? Paul is saying that there's this thing that's put inside of you, church, that you are going to become, and I can see it, and it's going to be awesome, right? And just like what God does in you, this is what moms do. I think this is what moms do best. Moms see potential, right? Every mom thinks their kid is special, right? It's true, and then you kind of like, yeah, that kid ain't special, you know? You, you, but, but every mom... These are things I've heard people think. Um, but every mom sees their kid and really thinks their, their kid is special. I talked to a mom the other day, and she's like, oh, yeah, she's running track. She really has an opportunity to be a college athlete. I'm like, she's eight. You know, like, really? You know, or, oh, yeah, she's so, I mean, this, she's, he is so smart, like, so smart. He's in every program, and like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, yeah, well, you know, algebra's hard, so we'll see what happens then, right? <laughs> Not that I'm a pessimist or something, but... Um, but I, I sometimes have an attitude about that, like, oh, yeah, your, your kid's real special, too, you know. But I think my kids are special, right? I'm like, oh, no, but, but, but Clara, oh, watch out for her in a good way. <laughs> and Isaac, oh, man, he's going to, Ella, she's going to break every mold, watch, right? And why do we do that? It's not because we are, like, trying to puff, puff ourselves up or it's not arrogance. It's because God has given us the ability to see the potential in our children. And we believe in the potential of all people, that every human designed and breathed life into by God has this potential and this purpose and this value that will, that to have a really profound impact on this world and the people around them. And so the thing that God does and the thing that is put by God into moms so well is they have this ability to see potential. Have you ever had someone in your life see the potential in you that you could not see? Because that is the way potential works. I, in my life, had no clue what I could become or what I wanted to become, and I'm still not sure some days. But there's been people in my path who have said, hey, you do this really well, or you've done this really well. And that's what you do, moms. In the worst times, in the most angry times, <laughs> in the most frustrated times, you still see the potential of who your kids can be and who God wants them to be. There was one time when I, when I was uh, first starting ministry, and I remember I was sitting in a meeting, and someone said, man, I've never met anyone that loves people like you do. They said that to me, and I was like, that's not true. If you knew me, you'd know that's not true. <laughs> but the, what, they, what, what they were doing is they were drawing out of me the thing that was inside, to, I, to really have a love for people. And that's what we do as moms, as dads, as people who have the opportunity to invest in other people, old and young, is we get to draw out of people the potential that God has placed in them. And that from the moment they're born and they've gone to school and they've done jobs, everything in the world tends to try to push that down in a way, conform it to the world standards and not the kingdom standards. And so we have this great opportunity as moms, as dads, 
as leaders, as followers of Jesus, to just draw out, this is who you could become. Not dictate, should write that down, not dictate what they should become, but to draw out who they could be. Because who they could be is not a role, who they could be is not a career, who they could be is not a status or whatever, it is a person. What we get to do is we get to draw out the created potential of each person, and everyone gets to be a part of that. And that, my friends, is the most beautiful thing that you can do to help someone. That is love. That you draw out, this is who God says you are. This is who God has made you to be. This is who God has asked you to think, because it's a better way, and it's going to help you live a fuller life. So you think about those times where people have said things to you. It's just drawn out part of you that's made you feel alive, made you feel like this is what I was meant to be. This is what I was meant to do. In Philippians 1, it says this. I love this verse. I, I, we talk about it a lot. I thank my God every time I remember you in all of my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So there's this heart of like, I'm so excited for what God is doing in you, and we are in this together. Okay, this is not you. Again, the church is not a lone wolf type of situation or go figure out God's plan with, by yourself. Come to church on Sunday. We'll see you later, right? It is this partnership of, no, let's help each other see what God has placed inside of you and how that should translate in your life with your career, with your family, with your, what you do for fun, whatever. So because of your partnership in the gospel until, from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. So there's a sense of the word sanctification again, right? God's begun something good in each one of us, and then we have from now until Jesus returns and we come to that moment of connection with Christ again to become like him, to fulfill the things that he has asked us to do and asked us to become and to reach our full potential until that day. Once that day hits, it won't really matter anymore, but what will happen from now into that day is the impact that you have on this world will be astronomical. The joy and the peace and the patience and the kindness and the goodness that will happen in your life will just continue to build and grow, and that will replace anxiety and fear. That will replace uncertainty of the unknown. And when you and I draw out of each other the potential that God's put inside of them, it is, gives them the better life. It leads them on a path towards the fullness of who God wants them to be until the day that Christ returns. And then when Christ returns, he will wipe the tear from our eye, and he will say, well done. You did it. You did everything. I'm so proud of you. That'll be a good day. Next. It says, therefore, you, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly await for Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless, blameless on the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. He who called you into fellowship with the Son Christ Jesus, our Lord. So he says, today, you lack nothing. Right? You lack nothing today. I heard uh, Craig Rochelle is a pastor. He said, everything that God asks, has asked you to become, you have today. You just need to grow it and work in it and have people around you to help you through it. Right? So moms want everyone to be together. Moms want, they can see potential more than anyone else. And then moms just encourage. Okay? Like, my mom will encourage anything, even if it's, like, not even necessary to encourage. Oh, good job wiping that table off. <laughs> God, 
I'm so proud of you. I'm like, swiping off the table here, you know? You know? My, my mom, if you're watching, you're great. She calls me every Sunday. Oh, that message. Oh, so, oh, every week, better and better and better. And you guys know it's not true. <laughs> you know it's a lie, but you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what she's watching. But, but moms, uh, mom, what do moms do? Moms just encourage because they see the potential and they just want to do the, everything they can to know that this is who you're going to become. This is what you're going to be. Encouragement changes everything. Uh, John Maxwell said, uh, he wrote a book that called Encouragement is Everything. And it talks, it's just story after story of people that have been encouraged to do something and it's changed the world. It's, you know, people ready to quit. I, was, I remember I was ready to quit college. I was in my last year of college and I, was, I missed, I missed uh, like three classes because I transferred late and blah, blah. But I remember I'd, I'd take like every hard class in the whole major in one semester like the five hardest classes, and I was like, yeah, I'm not that hard of a worker, so that's not going to be good. And then I had someone come up to me and grab my hand and say, you can do this. And I was like, I can. I can do this. And I, and we, and I did it. It was awesome, right? Because what encouragement does is it gives people courage who have none. And moms, that's what you do. Encouragement doesn't have to be always warm and fuzzy. Encouragement can be correction. Listen, this is not who you are. This is not who God called you to be. You are a son and daughter of God. This is who you are. That's not very fuzzy. That is jarring. Encouragement can be a warning, but what encouragement ultimately does, and so what moms do, is they speak and they reinforce the identity that you and I have in Christ. That we reinforce what God says about us. And we encourage that. And so I encourage you, as you see students and kids and old and young alike, man, encourage them. You have no idea the impact of a, a word can have on someone's life. The power of life is in what you say, is in your tongue. So as you see young people, and if, 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 if you see them and they're running around or they're doing whatever, you see my kids run around, stop and be like, stop. But then also, en encourage. Man, you're, you look beautiful today. You're, you're doing great. How's school? It's not just for the mom and the dad to do that. It's for the community of believers to do that for each other. Because if you and I, as followers of Jesus, can see our brothers and sisters, which is all of us, and to help draw out the potential and then encourage that, that will do more good in life than most things that we do. When I was a kid, I remember, I remember thinking, it's funny to remember, the, to see the memories that have really stuck with you. And so I grew up in a church that was very... Um, boring and, um, and very like, you know, it was young church um, or an old, old, old church. And we were young people. But the things that I really am so grateful for and I remember the most of that church is the potlucks. And the, and the old women would come and they'd make these like hot dishes. If you don't know what that is, it's like a casserole. And um, they would make these German cheese buttons with everything and cream, so much cream. It was awesome. And I remember playing softball with the old guys, with the other church, with their old guys, and we would, like, we would laugh so hard, you know? And I remember father and son retreats. But I don't remember one message. I don't remember one youth group. I don't remember one thing that we were did doing out, you know? Those are the things I remember. I remember the togetherness. I remember the encouragement words that people encouraged us in. So that's what we can be as a church.
Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful in building others up according to their needs, that it may be a benefit for those who listen. So let nothing unwholesome, the, the original term is worthless, let nothing worthless come from your mouth, but only what is helpful to building that person up in their time of need. So that means you have to know that person, you have to care about that person, you have to actually like understand what's going on in their life. That's what moms do. It seems like they have sometimes the best things for the best times. Sometimes not, but so many times it's like, how do we just encourage them? So you moms are amazing. Today we celebrate you. We thank you with words that we can't even actually put into. The amount of words we can give you would not even come close to what you deserve. The amount of words that we could say, it doesn't even, the amount of thank yous we can give, the amount of stupid cards we can write, the amount of presents we can pile up or flowers or plants is nothing compared to what you really deserve because you carry a part of God. You carry a part of God that really comes out in being a mother, whether of faith or in, in, in natural ways. And it's loving, it's encouraging, it's pulling out potential, and it's really God's heart. And so thank you for that. Why don't you guys come up? So what if we were a church that really valued being together? What if we were a church that, like moms that would see others and see their potential and help draw that out, Right? What if we were a people that saw each other and just encouraged uh, each other till it was annoying? I'd much rather have that than withdrawing till one magical time, right? So as we, pray, as we close, why don't you just stand? We're going to sing and we're going to close. we get a little, done a little early. After, after church today, there's going to be a gift for you. Every woman here, you probably take two, actually. Take one at first. Uh, our, our kids, we have a plant, a succulent for you. And then our kids painted pots that go for them. If it has a snake on it, that's my daughter's, just so you know. But you know what? We're just like his kids, right? And you know, when I, get, I got a card, it was my birthday last week. I got a card for my kids. And it was just like, I, have no, I can't read this. I don't know what this says. But it was the most important thing I got, right? And so much of what, I know how you feel. I know how I feel sometimes. And I feel like, man, I, how can I come to God and give him anything of worth? I maybe didn't do real well in the faith department this week. Or I maybe didn't really have any of that going on. So how can I, in my weakness, really give anything? And I would say come to the Father the way your kids come to you with a scribble on a piece of paper. Because they come to you just so proud of the thing they have. So I would, as we sing this song, my prayer is that if there's any place that you need, you're like, man, I feel like I don't understand potential. I don't know what's inside of me. I don't know what God's asked me to do. Make this, make this your card to the Lord. You're scribbling on it. Here, Lord, help me. I need you in this. Or maybe you're so discouraged. Maybe your courage is gone and you just need some courage. God, would you encourage me at work? Would you encourage me at home? Would you encourage me? I have these kids. They don't ever listening, but I know if I do this thing that in the long run, it'll produce people who love Jesus, I think. Will you give me courage? So that's why I pray for you, and then we'll sing that. As we sing, come to the Father. Come to God. 
because he will do these things for you. So Jesus, we just ask, Lord, if any, if there's any encouragement we need, God, we ask that you just would speak it into us, God, that you would give us, even if it's a peace, like, man, I am here. I will be your strength. I will be with you. God, if we're unsure about the future, we're unsure about what you have for us next. God, I pray that you should draw out of us the potential you've given to us and help us to hear from others and hear from you your words that edify, build up, strengthen, and will help us on our way. So as we sing this song, we just, we just open our hands to you, open our hearts to you. That you would just give us courage, that you would give us strength. If, if you are a mom here, a woman of faith, God, I pray that you just would bless them beyond what they can ask, think, or imagine. I pray you'd give them a peace that passes all understanding, that you'd give them a sense of gratification that you are with them and they are on the right path and they are doing a great job. And that perfection is not your requirement, but a heart that's willing to love and to serve and to give. So God, encourage all here as we sing.